welcome to another edition of Independent Wrestling Guide, your guide to the best and worst of independent wrestling. I'm Jay Hawk. Marky off this week, but we do have Jay Gold. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Yes, it is me and you, Jay Hawk. <laughs> Steering the ship and you get that's a little extra, people. That's a little something that's not on the OnlyFans, a little singing from me. I thought we agreed we were going to give the singing for the Patreon account. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I kind of broke there just, and I apologize, but I'll figure <laughs> out something else to get earn money. <laughs> How was your weekend? My weekend was great, man. I went to a New York City Comic Con, and uh, I walk. This is this is pretty wrestling related. I walk in uh, to the to the Comic Con 10 a.m. It doors open, so Harper, my daughter, and I we. We're with a crew of people, um, my cousin Dan, who came to one of the shows, his niece, like a bunch of people, my buddy Zig, came to a few shows. Um, we walk in and we go right past the nerd clothing booth. And right there, sitting by himself, there's Danhausen. He's all, he's, he's, I thought Danhausen was in the AEW signing, um, but it turned out that old Danhausen was alone over there. He got a chance to do his own booth. So I, I got a little nervous. I'm like, shit, there's nobody around Danhausen. Because that was the same booth that Colt Cabana was going to be in later. And I was like, what is Dan Housen going to do? I don't want to see him all by himself. So he said hello to him, whatever. Um, and then, I'm not kidding you, 20 minutes later, his line was like 900 people long. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as people knew, like, because we go, we go the second the doors open. So we got in. He is setting up. Dan Housen has everything always kind of like in order. He's amazingly efficient when he's at his merch table. And there he is. And he does his thing. Then later on in the day, I, I get a chance to go see our old pal Colt Cabana, which was awesome. Um, I was wearing my AIW light blue uh, Shark Eats Cleveland jacket. And he, you know, he remembered my brother and I from WrestleMania weekend. And he was very cool. He was nice to my daughter. And then we walk over to the other section. And there is Papa Shango, uh, Rikishi, and Enzo. And I One honestly... thing is not like the other... And one of these things had his own side table where he was by himself, old Enzo, but Rikishi and the Godfather were hanging out together. Rikishi's huge, by the way. What a he's the Godfather too, but Rikishi is wide. And Enzo is by himself. And honestly, I could not get come to I could not come to grasp forty dollars for a picture with Enzo. I just it's not no. worth it. No. And I just was like, all right, fuck it. I was gonna go over and say what I know Derek and him had some really good matches and he loves Derek. Um, but I just didn't have it in me to go do it. So I wandered around the rest of the day. We were there till about, we were there for about six hours. Um, New York City Comic Con is the shit. It's just like San Diego. They had every kind of, you know, I saw a million wrestling costumes. I saw a million anime costumes, which I'd never watched before. I'm sure young Ed would have been super excited. Um, but it, it was a great weekend. It's a great time. New York Comic Con, it's four days, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I go every year on a Saturday, and it, it's great. So, yeah, the weekend was very successful. I got some Colt pins. He told me he's out of the T-shirt game, by the way. Really? I saw him. I said, Colt, you don't have any T-shirts? And he's like, I don't bring them anymore to shows. He goes, I just sell them on PW. He goes, I don't He goes, I do not do it anymore. And I was like, that's that's interesting. He just had his 8x10s and his, uh, his micro brawlers. So I got a micro brawler, and uh, we were good to go, you know, so – it was a good weekend. That, that was my number one goal was to say what's up to Colt. And uh, I got a little bonus by saying what's up to Dan Housen. So, yeah, and then we got a chance to sit home today and try to make sense of the IWTV app, which I don't know if you feel the same way lately, but I, you can't fast forward. The double tap feature to go 10 seconds ahead doesn't work anymore. 
So it, it's really, really difficult to go backwards or forwards on the app. So I was like fighting with it all day today to get our show prep done. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my weekend. As far as the IWTV app goes, I very rarely use the phone app. I'm like, I'm just not, I'm like, I actually have to. I generally use the Roku app. Mm. And, and half the time, the Roku app, I can't pause it. I have, if I want to pause the show, I actually have to just hit the home button on the Roku and then go back into the app when I'm done. Uh, I don't know what that is. They haven't worked out the kinks yet. I, I, I mean, I, I have it on my uh, Apple TV as well, and I just haven't used it yet. I mean, I think I've tried it once when AIW was still on there, but. Um, I'm disappointed in the usability of that app. It kind of it kind of went south when they changed when they redid it. So, what about you? You had a nice weekend. The Guardians came away with the win. The Mets lost, which I was mourning yesterday. Half a bottle of tequila later, um, but at least you got you know Guardians baseball in October. That's lovely. Good for you guys. Yeah, I was rooting for the Mets only because the game was going to start an hour early. Game one was going to start an hour earlier if the Mets advanced, which made no sense to me. But either way, like they were playing in LA, so why the fuck mm-hmm. did ma- why the fuck did that matter for the start time of the Guardians Yankees game? But whatever. But yeah, my oh, I was booked to manage in Talmadge, Ohio, just outside of Akron. Six o'clock show, door open at five. As long as I'm there before door open, they don't really say anything about my call time for me. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll go. I'll watch the game at like a B- BW3 in content. It's like 15 minutes in the building. And I'll head to the building after after the game. I'm thinking I'm going to be at the building like 3.15, 3.30. And I'm sitting at BW3, and the game goes in the 9th, and go in the 10th, and go in the 11th. Both in Stark, I look at my watch. It's like 10 minutes till 4. I'm like, you know what? I've, I've, if they not done in 12, like I have to leave. Like, <laughs> like, I, like, like I have to, and I, and I hate doing it. So sure enough, it goes through 12. It's still scoreless. I pull up the ESPN app on my phone. Like I'm walking to my car. I'm watching the game on my phone, walking to my car. I get into my car. I turn the radio on. The game get the end, the 14th inning end. I'm pulling into the parking lot of the building. I put the ESPN back on, app back on my phone, walking in the building. I'm freaking carrying my bag in one hand, shaking hand and like put letting go of the bag to shake hand while I've got the phone in my hand watching the game. What are you yeah. doing? I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like 15th inning. Went like, 15th inning. What the fuck? Uh, I honestly couldn't believe I was following along a little bit on uh, on Twitter, watching you guys, all your reactions, because I wasn't able to watch the game on Saturday being in, in Comic-Con. But people were excited as shit. They were they were crazy. What was it, 16 innings or stopped at 15? 15. 15. See, amazing. And you got your win. At least I got the Jets win on Sunday. You guys have another round of playoffs. The, Brown, uh, the Browns took a – that was a bad don't, loss. Don't, don't get me started. Yeah, don't get me but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, all in all, a, a interesting weekend, and now we are on to uh, we are on to the road to uh, Halloween and all the other good stuff that comes in October. So let's do it. Yeah, and then, and then at the show, I'm managing at the show. It's all cage matches, because there's really no reason for me to really even be at the show. I've got one spot the entire night. I'm gonna hand thumbtack through the cage door to the guy I'm managing, right? So in order for me to do this spot, like I have to stand like somewhere in the vicinity of the door. Like I don't know when they're going to go into the spot. They're doing whatever they're doing. All of a sudden, it matches like 10, 12 minutes in. Some little old lady grabs me by the arm and goes, you make a better door than a window. And I went, <laughs> and I'm going, and I went, get down and watch the show. Like, no, no, you're in my way. You need to move. I went, I'm getting paid to stand here right now. You're not. Get back, get the, get back down. She go, fuck you. Make me. Now, mind you, I'm holding a like an eight pound wooden cane, and she just told me, "Fuck you, make me get down." And she's already grabbed me by the arm. So realistically, <laughs> if I wanted to, I could have hit the bitch in the head with a fucking cane. 
and, and knocked her out. I'm not going to fucking do that. Because I don't need the don't need the hassle. But it, it got what? to it, it got to the point where she like she uh, I to the point I just like turned around and went up back to the ring and she's still yelling at me. And I thought I went, can security come out here and do their damn job? Like, so you got accosted by an old lady doing while you were the talent. There were no barricades, so that's why correct. Right? We talk about the value of barricades. Yes. Yeah. So you got accosted by an old lady for blocking her view of the cage match. Like the cage, you can actually blocking <laughs> her view to begin with, right? And the worst thing is, like, I, and like when I when I thought about it, like where I'm standing and where her feet was, like her feet was basically like just to the right of me, and I'm in the corner, like right by the steps. Very little of the match was actually like in my corner. You're like, I couldn't have been blocking her that goddamn badly. You should have given her the old Seinfeld line. Quiet, you old bag. <laughs> Push her down. <laughs> I got, I got um, more heat just standing there than I've ever fucking gotten actually trying to get heat. Like, I don't understand. Oh, that is, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. God, people oh, are man. fucking stupid. You're like, you're the Freddie Blassie of the 2022s. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's I, great! And the best part is, I'm gonna go on, man. I I, I wish I wish like more people from TNT were at the show to see the keep, but they would be like, "Why didn't you do this?" Like, it's not 1985 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be damned. The Good Brothers just came out on Monday Night Raw to help out AJ against Finn. I, I, I unfortunately it got leaked online. Did I wish they stopped leaking the shit online? It would have been. I nice. didn't see it today. You know why? Because I've been so pissed about the Mets. I don't read. Uh, I don't read the internet right now. I'm not reading Twitter. I'm skipping over all the stuff. Oh, this is going to be rad for Survivor Series if they do that. Oh, What's with it? WWE and the and the three man booth, uh, three man factions? I want to see like ten guys in a faction. Uh, Cloak, you got to that right now. The Bloodline. Of yeah. What, what if you count Heyman Snick? Who are you managing by the way this weekend? Uh, in that particular match, I was managing Marcus Knight. Nice. But, well. Yeah. You know, you you are a a now you're the the finest heel manager in all of Ohio. I think Thorne should look you up and and have you <laughs> knock out some more old ladies. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I'm not gonna risk the potential lawsuit, but I but just I'm just like I'm just like you you, you got out of your feet to grab me by the arm, being I'm out here doing my job. Like I'm not even like yelling at the fans. Like I'm watching them. I'm literally watching the match, waiting for my fucking spot. And, like, I'm trying to walk around some, but it's a fucking cage match. Like, what can I really do? I mean, that's why independent wrestling rules, JR. That rules. That is awesome. I would have done anything to watch that. <laughs> but I will. But that I will. Awesome. Yeah. But I But I did not get into a fight with her because I am not Ken Dickson. No, oh, that motherfucker. What a <laughs> mess. Dude, I met that guy several times. He was over at Capital Wrestling, and he took himself way too seriously. Always. Like, god damn, get a grip, dude. Uh, well, let's talk about positive Jayhawk, right? Let's uh, let's talk about our uh, um, one minute interview today uh, for Home Office. Um, yep. Yep. And this know, week at uh, Home Office, interviewing Kid Von England. So let's go ahead and go to that now. Let's do it. Charlie Butters with another one minute interview, and today I'm interviewing Sid Von England. Hogan or Savage? Savage. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Booker T or Stevie Ray? Booker T. Favorite candy? Gumdrops. Doors or tables? Tables. Favorite energy drink? Uh, Monster Energy. NWO or NWO Wolfpack? Wolfpack for life, baby. Biggest fear? Losing the person I love. <laughs> Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart? Bret. Bret. Favorite animal? Cat. Austin or The Rock? Austin. Favorite road snack? Tootsie Rolls. ECW or TNA? TNA. Sheets or Wawa? Sheets. 
Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio? Eddie Guerrero. Favorite dipping sauce? Ooh, Buffalo. Stunner or Diamond Cutter? Diamond Cutter. Favorite movie? Back to the Future Part 3. Edge or Jeff Hardy? Edge. And favorite song? It'll be We Are the Champions by Queen. Okay. All right. Thank you, Butter. I love Sid Von England. I, lo- I, lo- I love his his energy. Um, I love reading some of his tweets. I love how he how he deals with some of the young guys um, online. I, I just I think he's he's fantastic. Um, and uh, um, you know I'm, I'm glad that we got him on the show. Uh, I think we need to do a, a one minute interview with with a few others uh, that, to really make a difference there. I think it'll be. I think we'll hear some really good ones coming up. And, um, yeah, Sid was a really good choice for this week. Okay. Now let's go ahead and take a quick look at what we got going on in independent wrestling this weekend here. What's on on this weekend? weekend? All right. So uh, IWTV had uh, several shows this weekend. Where this show dropped on Friday, October 14th, at the West Wrestling Club Dread at 8 o'clock Pacific time tonight, Friday, October 14th, which will be 11 o'clock Eastern time. Steve Miggs against Dark Sheet for the Echo West Championship on that show. Uh, there's also uh, 5 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, Saturday, October 15th, Newcastle Pro Wrestling, PWA against, against Newcastle Pro. 5 o'clock a.m.? 5, 5 a.m., yes. Is that Australia or England? I, I was under the impression it was England, but even that's only like 10 a.m. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. I could swear. Let, let's that, hope that it's is down a, under. That is Australia. Yeah. Yeah, that is Australia. That would be about right. And then Invictus Pro Wrestling has their United We Fight 2 show coming up Sunday afternoon, October 16th, 4 p.m. Eastern. Edith Surreal on that, is on that card. PB Smooth is on that card. EPA is on that card. And beautiful Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. I, I can't even say that with a straight face. The mecca of independent wrestling, Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. And then, of course, over on Fight TV, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, Friday, October 14th, Rocky Mountain Pro for getting October 2022. And I'm going to throw this in here just because it's not American corporate pro wrestling, but I don't know if it's really independent or not. Triple Mania 30, Chapter 3 is the Saturday on Fight. Wait, Triple Mania is on Fight. Awesome. I'll probably catch that. Yep, $22.99, but it is on Fight. Hey. I think I'll stream that somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, scratch that. Edit that out. The home office. <laughs> and that's not counting anything I might be working on, running on YouTube. I've, I was looking for a schedule. You might find anything on YouTube that live this weekend. Didn't see anything, but I could just be missing it. And the schedule for all subject to change. Things could be added. GCW to kind of do announce Cutman Series Part 4, like like literally a day, the day before. Lucky us. <laughs> And the best part about that is that they're on Twitter going, oh, yeah, we have the show tomorrow. We have opening if you want to work it. No wonder you have opening here. Now we can shut 24 hours in advance. That's such carny shit from GCW when they pull that. Absolute carny shit. I mean, if it, I mean, if people are watching it, people are paying for it. I mean, who am I to judge? But Well, that's IWTV, so if it comes with your subscription, you might as well get it. Well, I will not be watching because I will be watching The Guardian at that point. But Yeah. I don't have any base. I don't have any baseball, Jayhawk. Rub it in. Become a Guardian fan for two weeks. No, I don't root for anybody. I have completely. The Harper asked me today. She's like, "So what's happened now?" I said, "Baseball's over." She goes, "If the Mets were still in it, would you still be watching?" I said, "Yep." And it's over. It's over for me. God bless everyone and their teams. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll catch you in February. 
Yeah, I'm a I'm a baseball junkie. Well, it, so even if the Guardians do get eliminated, I'll probably still end up watching the rest of it. But a good news for Marcy, she's missing today that we are talking all this sports. But I will also add that next week the NHL season starts. So you know, kudos for me. And the Jets are actually half decent. They're not great. They're just decent. And I've asked for at least decent in the last 10 years, and they have not even been that. So it's nice to see at least a little bit of mediocrity as opposed to piss poor. So I'm happy about that. (laughs) I really want to make an effort to follow hockey more, but there's no Cleveland NHL team. And I try not to to keep a full cable lineup. I really don't get to watch Blue Jacket or the Penguin, but I'm kind of limited to what ESPN and TBS, TNT had to show. Yeah. Well, you can always be a Ranger fan. I'll send you my MSG Go app login. No, no, I won't. Again, another thing. Don't. <laughs> Home office. Edit that out. We don't do anything nefarious with our streaming services. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the view can corrupt by Jay Gold. Do not necessarily re- reflect the right. IWTV or staff. IWTV guide or staff. I'm still using the old name. I feel like, feel like fucking, feel like a, one of the fucking people are, I'm not calling the Guardian. using the old name. but We are IW Guide. Make sure you get that in line, everybody. I, the Indie Wrestling Guide. Remember that. So since we are the Indie Wrestling Guide, let's uh, let's review some Indie Wrestling. <laughs> the Weekly Review. All right, and this week we are going to the land down under. Deathmatch down under, presenting Panic at the Palais. Geelon, Victoria, Australia. The show was taped September 17th, 2022. And... Don't let the match, the, the title of the show fool you, the title of the company fool you, Deathmatch Down Under. There are deathmatch on the show, but it is not an all-deathmatch show. Yeah, I was going to say that. They take themselves, like, seriously as far as a, a, as a, as a company. Um, they do call themselves, you know, De- Deathmatch Down Under, but DMDU, but they have, they, this is a, they have storylines weaved in, they have uh, titles, um, and it's not all deathmatches. So, you know, maybe a little confusing or a misnomer as far as what their company is called. I mean, they do have a World Deathmatch Championship. It was not defended on this night. No, there were no championships defended on this night. But their heavyweight champion was on the card. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no apron. So you got that uh, GCW from the pier in Atlantic City feel. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, the announcer was, it was where it had a clipboard and was wearing jeans and kind of looked like the Australian MLJ. Um, so, you know, we... <laughs> It's a little bit of bizarro <laughs> land, <laughs> but sure, yeah. sure. I gave it a shot. Why not? The production was cool. It was in like a college. It looked like a college auditorium where you listen to a lecture. Yeah. So one thing I do like about when we do shows like the, I get exposed to a lot of talent I'm not familiar with. The problem with watching shows like this, I'm not familiar with any of the talent. <laughs> so it's hard to become emotionally invested in any of it when you're, when you're watching the first show. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, at it's, some a, point, it's a neutral party. You make it makes you feel you can make a decision like a neutral party. Yeah. Okay. So we open up with a death match. Mad Dog taking on JT Hollow. Now the ring bell is up with the announcer. So referee calls for the bell, and you hear the one announcer go, "Who had the bell?" And the other announcer go, "Shit!" And then the bell rings right <laughs> yeah, off the bat. Keep, keep that in mind for later, everybody. <laughs> one of the announcers, she has uh, announcer Jackie. I didn't pay attention to the other one's names. She has the bell. It'll come into play later on in the night. Um, but uh, uh, remember, this was called a fucking death match. Yeah. Um, I wrote, I had here in my notes. Um, the announcers are are fine. They're they're pretty bad. They do a lot of cursing. 
Um, it is the GCW equivalent of Australia. Um, there's some arb stabbing. There's some barbed wire in his ass, I think I have here. And uh, one of the things that really upset me uh, was a sleeper hold in a death match, which you can't make that up. A you sleeper know what? hold. I, I, I actually found that, found that to be a nice change of pace that they're actually come wrestling mixed in with the violin in this one. I guess I, I, my impression has always been of a death match. We don't rest. You just beat each other half to death. And then there's a, fi- a finish. Um, but what, what better way to, to win a death match than by throwing wrestling into it, the opponent not expecting it. Right. Hey, put that light tube down. You just put me in an arm bar. What in the hell? <laughs> and you got to make false finishes are bad. <laughs> They're bad in this match. Got to love a good double juke. 90 seconds into the opening match. I think it was less. I have to go back and look at the timer. These guys were bleeding all over the place three seconds into it. I think it was a it was a, a light tube to the head to start. There were scissors. They did a lot of arm stabbing, which, you know, is, is now in this side of the world, um, you know, where the toilets flush clockwise. We do a lot of arm stabbing as well. Um, and they did they had a ton of, of arm stabbing in this match. And uh, yeah, I. It's fine. I don't. I don't. I don't know the rivalry, so I was like trying to watch their little pieces and listen to the announcers. But it was a, it was your classic death match. I didn't see anything in this match that was kind of different than any other death match. Okay. There was a kick chair shot to the head that just made me cringe. Uh, hollow hit a liger bomb through a gucket board that across two chairs. You only get the two count, and I felt like everything after that was kind of there. Like that seemed mm-hmm. like the perfect spot to end it, and just kind of kept going from there. Right, that's why I said the false finishes were terrible. They just didn't make any sense. Mad Dog avoid a moon salt from JT Hollow, then pinned him with a Mahi Star Cradle in nine ten. I, I I will admit I respected the condition to end the death match with a roll up, even though that's probably like not what most people are looking for. Yeah, I um was not happy with the cradle. I have cradle in a death match exclamation point at the end here. I do not understand how in the world. Are they doing a cradle in a death match? It is what, what whatever. <laughs> I, 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 again, if you're going to win a death match, a guy, if you are expecting to be put through table, through put through door, get hit with chair, get hit with light tube, why not yep. roll them up? Yep. Catch them unaware. I, I guess. <laughs> oh, those, those clever Aussies. <laughs> I can, I can justify that in my head. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. All right. I'll give it to you. Our next matchup, Bad Mood Bruce Buchanan taking on Tom Barrett. He's in a bad mood. That's what the announcer said. <laughs> yep, go. This is not a death match. We're not going to have any death match until the last two matches of the show from here. It's not a death match, and it's not a good match. <laughs> there were lots of t-shirts in this match, and uh, I-, I was unimpressed. There was some. There was a really bad pile driver at one point. Um, yeah. And there was yep. a... So they start chopping each other and come fan the guy who's going to heckle both of them for their chop. And they both basically told him, well, you get in here, then let him chop you. And of course, no taker. Right. Yeah, that was uh, that was something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least have the guts to grab them by the arm and yell at them about their chop or something. Yeah, at least have the guts to push them out of the way of the steel cage and tell them they're <laughs> in the way. Like that old bag that tried to give you trouble. <laughs> yeah, that was that match was not good. It was it was it was not good. There was two, one of the dudes was in dark jeans and like he I mean he just looked terrible. Like just the match was slow and plotting and just not clean and whatever. Yep. What can you do? They all can't be winners. I mean what they were shooting for was basically a battle of hit, try to hit me harder, bitch. 
Buchanan hit the lariat that I thought got three and apparently only got two. Because then yeah. he hit another one that looked like it only got two and they called a three count on it. Two minutes and 59 seconds from what I timed this match out at. Not even three minutes. At least it was short. Yeah. After the match, Barrett goes, try looks like he's going to show Buchanan a, a kind of respect and instead take him down with an elevated double arm DDT. That guy did some sort of, yeah, that guy did some sort of, um, the other guy in the jeans did some sort of bad paradigm shift uh, uh, DDT move that the girl, the girl called, the girl announcer called it a pile driver. It was that, that double underhook DDT that, that Moxley does. And she called it a pile driver. And I just went, oh no, nobody corrected her. They just left it at that, but whatever. Yeah. I'm I'm trying not to shit on the announcers too much because this is Australia. It's not like they have a ton of super indie out there. It's not like right. the major companies tour with any regularity. The WWE shows up every few years. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. It was too much cursing, but that's the problem that we deal with in this country's indies. And um, you know, it was just a little bit of you know whatever. You know, they it was just a little bit they. They were a little over eager, and that's fine because you know they don't have a lot of access to the indies, so I get it. Um, but you know you got to call the moves right. If you're going to call them, you're going to have a three-person booth like they had. You got to call it right. And from there, our next matchup. They from according to the announcement, only the second time in death match down under history that uh, w- woman against woman, Skyler Crew taking on Chanel Phoenix. Crew cut the promo, bad mouthing Phoenix, putting over how hot yeah uh, she thinks she is. You know, we get a little bit of fighting before the bell. Phoenix hit what she called uh, the mantle her, a fireman carry into a gut buster, gets an ear fall off of it, go great into a commuter for the tap out in 54 seconds. The promo was longer than the match. My explanation was just longer than the match. It was it was a match, so I'll give it that. Um, and, yep, it was a match. And then after the match, crew beat down Phoenix afterward because, of course, she did. Got to get your heat. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. Like, I'm all about getting heat back. I'm all about continuing feuds. You just got, you just tapped out in under a minute. I don't want to see you wrestle the King Perkin again. 50-50. 50 <laughs> Well, from there, we have tag team action. Matt Hater and Tarly taking on FGB, consisting of Levi Nickman and Sam Yannis. The sexy Greek boys. Their music was a banger. I was very, very happy with the sexy Greek boys. That was fun. I wish Marcy was on today to talk about the sexy Greek boys because they really were great. And, uh, and the, the music really got me hyped up and the, the little uh, uh, interaction between Hater and Tarly, I think what they call them, tardy tots, tater haters, something like that. That was pretty awesome. Um, their, their little interaction was good. She seemed to be, you know, I, I mean, talk about like kind of early two thousands, misogynistic, uh, tag team, you know, she really likes him and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, the match was good. It was fun. Um, the end gave me a little bit of pause. I think they shoved a wooden spoon up one of the guy's butts and then gave him a super kick. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> not even making like, that no. up, folks. That was the finish. That was the finish. A wooden spoon up the ass and then a super kick to the face and the sexy Greek boys lost. Um, and the other team was looking to, um, get themselves uh, over and get them a, uh, a little bit of a tag team title shot in the future. Yeah. I'm going to say this though. I, I like FGB a lot. Mm-hmm. They had some good double team moves. They got a nice tag team look about them. Yeah. I, I really hope they start getting a look outside of Australia and start touring complacent. How does that work? Potential. 
Yeah, how does that work? I mean, I feel, I feel like you're not going to see a lot of these guys ever. So, like, good on IWTV for getting them on. But I wonder how, like, these guys, especially, like, our next match, we'll talk about it, but the guys who look really good and who are really polished, how do we get them a look somewhere else? Like, is it just a matter of a promotion taking a shot and saying, you know what, I'll, I would love to, uh, you know, I would love to uh, uh, get a chance at that, you know, come on over? Or is it is it dumb luck? Like, hey, these guys, we just happen to see them. But I feel like a lot of these teams, a lot of these guys and girls in general are going to have trouble getting looks over here, especially to pay for travel with the way tickets are. Okay, because that'll vary. That'll vary depending on promoter. Some promoters are all, are actively seeking whatever they can get as far as far as talent, and will look at places like this to get talent. Uh, a lot of times, talent's going to have to make the initiative. Hey, I want to get. I want to tour outside of Australia and start and just start getting feeling out to promotions. And you're and you're right. It's going to depend on travel rate and everything else. With like, let let you shock and McKenzie get a gamble. She makes arrangements to come to the United States for a month, six weeks, two months at a time, or whatever. She can sit there and tell promoter, "Okay, I'm going to be in the U.S. from this date to this date, and get dates based off of that." Because she's already in the country. Her travel expenses are not nearly as high. So, a t- so, yeah. so talent like this coming from another country, it's going to have to make that kind of commitment right off the bat. Okay, I'm going to come to the U.S. For X number of time, X amount of time. What promoter? What promoter want to use me while I'm while I'm in the country? Yeah. Well, I hope that these guys can can figure something out because there are there's some there's a few things that are um, definitely there's a few teams here that I could see you know um, um, making their way over here. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see guys like the sexy Greek boys. I'd give them some credit. They were entertaining. I I will nitpick one thing about this match. The Charlie made what looked like a, what was a beautiful looking hot tag, but it was one of those where the referee doesn't see it feel. And then the actual hot tag was like, eh. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes, especially in a match like this, the momentum and things like that. There, there's if the crowd. I didn't feel like you know. I didn't feel the crowd. You know, like they they weren't they it, it, the way maybe just the way the sound was in the place. I don't know. I didn't feel the crowd as like as like a hot crowd where the hot tags are going to mean anything. But you know, it is what it is. It was it was a good effort. After the match, Hater asked Charlie out on a date, and he wants the date to be a shot at the death match down under tag team championship. Right. Charlie is okay with this. Give Hater a kiss. I I I I get the entertainment. I don't want to knock it too bad, but I've seen better looking kicking at like high school play. Very forced feeling. Yes. Yep. We then go to the, we then go to a video where the Bastard Brothers are cutting a video about how they busted up for Show Rogue at a previous show, and then cut a promo on their opponent for this next, for this next match up here, Kid Valiant and Rochelle Rogue. Now wait, now Deathmatch Down Under surprised me here because the production was cool. It, it was very gritty looking. That Gore fella is big and scary looking, um, and Cracker Jack had a good voice to him. Um, and then when I heard them talking about wrestling children, I was like, oh, no, what is what's going to happen? This this kid, Kid Valiant, looked just like Marcus Mathers, except maybe 30 pounds lighter. And I was just it was all set up. I said, oh, this is just going to be, uh, you know, one of those, you know, big man beating up little guy things. And then the the thing that made me laugh the most was when Kid Valiant came in the ring with one of those plastic folding chairs and the announcers just are screaming. He means business. He's got a chair with him. I was like, calm down. Everybody means business, right? With a chair, with a a plastic folding chair. He's so scary. What are we going to do? But um, this is that classic David Goliath 
uh, style. Uh, Valiant was the the face in peril for most of the match, but also didn't Cracker Jack come out at the beginning of the match and say they're good guys now? So I wasn't quite sure who the who the face and heel were in this match. Yeah, no, I, I was honestly expecting when it was out of that that like he came out saying, "Hey, we're good guys now. We're going to prove it by and I'm and I'm the direct quote having a bit of a wrestle." That could direct. Ah, <laughs> uh, the the Aussies. Everybody talked that night. Sounded like Steve Irwin getting ready to tell me about catching a crocodile. And I and I'm expecting and I'm expecting the no, we're actually heel. We're going to turn on you at some point, but we didn't get that. We didn't technically get that. We'll get into it here in a little bit. We actually got some really good wrestling here. Uh, Gore from the Bastard Brothers is the Deathmatch Down Under champion at this point. You're right. Big, scary-looking dude. The mask he <laughs> wears like a really nice touch. He looked like a mix between the Butcher, Andy Williams, and uh, the Carver with the mask. He had a body like Andy Williams. It was kind of burly and, and cut. Um, and he had this like crazy looking half skin mask going on. He was, I liked his look. It was very, it was interesting. And now kid Valiant, another guy here that I thought had a, had a ton of potential. He's quick. He's athletic. He bumped well. He needs to work on his selling a little bit. Like, like his spelling wasn't that believable, but he, he got three years experience. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that'll, that'll come with time. I'm sure we get an airplane yep. spin. We get a giant swing. We get some good looking offense here. And remember the announcers with the uh, ring bell uh, on a false finish. Old announcer decides to ring the bell at two. And it everyone got all pissed off at her. And then she ended up leaving for about 10 minutes uh, during the broadcast, maybe of embarrassment, decided to walk out. But uh, that's what happens when you give the announcers the ring bell who don't know what's going to happen as they call it kayfabe. Um, and there's your, there's your mess of the night. But... By giving announcers a ring bell. The best part of the is like, if it, Gore hits Valiant with a power bomb. He does the one foot on the chest uh, cover. And he, he, Valiant has not kicked out. Referee's not finished the count yet. Count cat two, and the bell immediately rings. Mm-hmm. And Gore just gets off Valiant and looks over in that direction, like, what the fuck? And the referee looks over, like, what the fuck? And the ring announcer looks over, like, what the fuck? And the referee actually has to get on the mic and go, that was two. And, he, and then even and even the broadcast partner is like, what the fuck, Jackie? <laughs> Everyone was super upset with uh, with old Jackie. Uh, even the crowd kind of gave it gave her the business. But um, yeah, that's that's why you don't give the ring the the announcers, the color and play by play team, the ring bell. God, imagine giving Michael Cole the ring bell during, when he's supposed to call a false finish. And uh, he decides to go ahead and ring the bell because he can't tell that it's a false finish. What a mess. I'm sure Joe Bosto could have handled it. but Oh, of course. Oh, Big Joe and, uh, and Adam Van on the, on the one-twos might as, it'd be perfect. Well, Adam Van retired from commentary, so we won't have to worry about that. But I guess. Okay. But after this snafu, Valiant does the hot tag to, to Valiant. It means nothing at all. Because of the belt nafu, like like any heat off the hot tag, it is just dead. Rogue hits like two or three things and then tag Valiant back in like almost immediately. Valiant hit Cracker Jack with a frog bash with a frog splash. Gore yeah. walked in and just kind of casually tossed Valiant off to break the pin. Like there's no urgency. It's just like nope, not happening. And then Cracker Jack hit Valiant with a spear that he calls the Britney Spear. Get gets the pin in fourteen eighteen, and the one and out could go. Now you can ring the bell, Jackie. It. It, you know what? It was a good match, though, and I and I like that Gore a lot. And 
you know what? You could do worse than having a guy like that carry your title, which is, you know, I was I was fine with it. Very impressed. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm A-OK with it. So that, it was fun. Yeah, this match was on on its way to be my favorite match of the night until the bell snafu just just killed it. Yeah, it killed the momentum. It really did. Yeah, Cracker Jack is on the mic afterward. Foot over Valiant and Rogue. Like, hey, yeah, you guys aren't ready. You aren't ready to beat us yet. But get some more experience under your belt, and then we'll run this back. Yeah, and then they and then they leave without incident. I'm like, okay, that I really expected the heel turn. I'm surprised. And then well, we get they told one. You they were good guys. And then we get a heel turn. Rochelle Rogue right. turns on Valiant. <laughs> yep. And her comment as she leaves the ring is, I'm going to kick a fucking looking, even though this is literally the only tag team match she's been in, go all her other locking for her own fault. Listen, I feel you. You got to blame somebody. <laughs> Again, this was fun. I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock this. This was fun. Okay. Go with that. We get a nice little video package here as well. A video slash promo with Edward Duck. And he's basically telling the story about the upcoming match with Aiden Miller going, hey, you know, all those opticals that were in front of you, I went the end game the entire time. Really well done. Yeah. And I think this is my favorite match of the night as well. This is really a really nicely done match here. I, I will be honest. The match was good. I am not completely sold on like they break breaking, calling it death match down under and then breaking it up there um, into this kind of, <laughs> excuse me, everybody um, breaking it up into this kind of like, I wasn't sure if that dude was like supernatural or was he like some sort of, uh, a cultist? Um, what was what was his deal? Now, a question for people within the company that follow this a lot more closely than I do. They gave us a vignette, and it was it was cool, but I, I wasn't quite sure of what I was what I was watching there because I guess we I didn't I didn't know enough about his past to do that. But yeah, I think it's just a good solid wrestling match. Uh, this one, he I got another weird spot right in the middle here though. Miller hits a lariat after. Duckton had control for a while, and I assumed that was the double down. But like while the referee's like checking on him, like Duck already got to his feet. So yeah, I don't want to say he no called the lariat, but I expect him to be down a lot longer than he was. And like that, but that kid Aiden Miller, he looked kind of jobbery. Like he didn't have. I wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, this is going to be a big test for that Dusk fellow. So like I, I wasn't. So I thought maybe this way he was going to come out and just beat the hell out of him, which at the end it happened. But not. I mean, he gave him a lot more of a run than I thought. And then not too long after that, Miller hit a Death Valley driver, cover for the two count, and then they're in, and then that's the double down. It's not like he hit the move and they both lied there. He hit the move, went for the cover, and then they both lied there. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, uh, it, 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 I'm, again, I'm, I'm trying not to shit on guy. I don't know what the thought process is for that, something like that, but that's just, that feels weird. Like you had enough energy to go for the cover, but you don't have enough energy to at least like crawl to the ropes and try to pull yourself up. Right. Oh, really? If you really look at if you really look at the double down, ninety five percent of the time, like how'd you have enough energy to do what you just did, and then you're and then you're down. Yeah. If you're really thinking, if you really if you really start trying to break it down that far, no, I'll try not to overthink it moving forward. We got a Nike extended cross fake turned into a couple of roll up, and then a kick looking headbutt. A lot of headshots on this show. Maybe they haven't learned about CTE yet in uh, Australia. Maybe it hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> like they were a little behind on COVID. Maybe they're behind on CTE. <laughs> Australia did a lot better with COVID than a lot of places. No. Well, I'm just saying, who knows? Well, they don't even get our movies in time. So how do we know they got the, the memo on no chair shots and, and 
un, un, unblocked headshots. And they start exchanging strikes. Miller's strikes have a little bit more impact at this point in the match. You get a double underhook powerbomb for two. Uh, they out, go up to the top rope. Duck hit a superplex, rolls through it, but Miller's the one who hit the Falcon Arrow and gets the two count. And I can, I can just picture a certain podcaster out of Louisville, Kentucky going, I'm going to fire both you motherfuckers for that spot. <laughs> who might that be? I don't even know who that is. Uh, I think everybody looking into this knows who that is. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, Miller ducks some ground and pound, coming chain shot to the back of the head, get the, the stoppage at 15 minutes and 26 seconds. And then Duck starts to attack Miller afterward, and taken Baxter slides in, leads Duck to slide out with a smile on his face. I'm expecting Baxter to turn on Miller. We don't get that, at least at this show. Honestly, we're not sure what Baxter was doing out there. Like they, they kind of mentioned him like in packing briefly, and that would get. Yeah. It was fine. I, I honestly I couldn't get myself uh I couldn't get myself um like full into that kind of match. It just felt like there were no consequences. So that was just you know, that's on me. Um when I was watching, I'm like, yeah, all right, spooky, somewhat spooky guy, um, or whatever, you know. And part of it part of it if we're not into it is on us for not following the promotion that closely. There, there's so much independent wrestling available to watch. I pulled it up because it all. Yeah, you know, this week was my week to pick something. I pulled it up because it, I looked at the card. I was like, oh, this is going to be something. Like, I I kind of thought we would tear it apart more. I thought I would dislike it more, um, but I didn't dislike it. It was fine. But, like, I thought, I, like, I thought these matches were going to give me more uh, um, entertainment content, but it gave me a lot of wrestling content. So, yeah, this match was fine. I don't know if he was spooky, but, you know, I was I – was, uh, it wasn't a bad match. They weren't like unpolished or anything. We've got two matches left, and they are both death matches. Our first one is Damian River against Will Walker. River comes into the ring first. Walker music plays. Charlie Rowe comes down the aisle. Now I Walker to come in from the other side and attack from behind. First move of the match, light tube to the head. Who did he cover. come out with? What was the name of that girl? That Charlie was like Rowe. Wandering. Yeah, that's right. Wandering around the. Uh... Uh, the ring, uh, trying to get into the ring and cause mayhem over and over again. There's a board covered in open tin cans. Right. Of course, you've got, you've got both people bleeding. you got it brawling on the floor. It, the, you have those broken, broken light tube headshots that make them bleed more, right? Yeah. The stabbing motion. I mean, typical deathmatch stuff here. Rivers looks to have the match won, but Rove makes the save. But she's getting involved kind of liberally at that point. Walker hit a flying elbow drop. Looked like he got the match won, but a man in a hoodie comes out to make the save. They unveil him that, to be Tom Crow. Finish comes when River dig a light tube into Walker's forehead, just, just continuing to dig it in until Walker commits a 12 minute and 10 seconds. Yeah, and they made such a big deal of that Tom Crow fellow. And, and again, I, that, we again, I don't follow the Australian scene enough to know who he is. That's on me. I'm not gonna. <laughs> is it on you though? Are we expected to know who that is? Come on. The fans didn't even know. They were fine with it. They're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm sure if we watched some of these other shows, there there's some kind of interplay between them. Yeah. We then have our main event. You didn't get death match with a 50-minute time limit. They made sure to announce the 50-minute time limit for a death match. <laughs> and I looked at the time on that one. I was like, oh, there's only like... 22 minutes left on the paper on the show here. I'm like, huh. It is Kellen Butcher and Vickin taking on the Black Roach recurve of Scotty Roach and Xavier Black. Xavier Black, Scotty Roach, Black Roach. Ha ha. (laughs) 
No, nah, I, I, I can't. I'm going to name it Kenny. Well, those gals in the beginning were scary, tough. Uh, the the tag team, the, I mean, it was mayhem. This was like a madness, like mayhem style um, death match. Everybody was bleeding. Everybody was, you know, putting each other through stuff. They were in the crowd. They were on the stage. They were on the floor. I mean, this is just, it got away from the very second, you know, it started. Okay. So I, li- I like the opening of the match here. The ring ring announcer doing the introduction. And yeah. literally, and literally, as he says, Vickin's name, Vickin gets speared through a board. Yep. I love that. Love the opening of the matchup here. Uh, they've wrapped barbed wire around the ring rope on two sides for this match, and then for whatever reason, even though the death match, they start enforcing tags. And that literally lasted one tag, by the way. They tried. Give them credit. At least they tried. Yeah. All four people are bleeding. Vickin and Scotty Roach, in particular. Are are wearing the Crimson Mac? They're ble- bleeding pretty you know, pretty big. We do get another random tag near the end of this for some reason after they've all been in, in the ring and out of the ring doing whatever for about five minutes. At that point, they keep fighting into the crowd. I thought the one thing I will say: if you're a, a deathmatch promotion, don't fight in the fucking crowd. Not yeah, not, just don't don't take that risk. That per, that's personal more than anything else. Roach Brave missed in the Butcher's Eye. And it hit the TKO on Butcher and went into what they called the contraption of fuckery. I can't even explain what this <laughs> fucking thing was. Like, it was like, insane. 12.45, after the match, Callan Butcher put over everybody, particularly Scotty Roach, and hands the mic over to him so that he can close the show and send the people home happy. Yep. I, I honestly, I have, in, I have my notes. It was a giant match of fuckery and everything else. And honestly, I, they were calling out for a tag title match, I think, at the end. And, you know, if, if I, I'll catch, I, I probably will down the line, we'll catch the next show to this and see, you know, how they, they follow it up. I'm curious to see the next venue. Um, but um, it was an odd venue. It, it did look like a, a college auditorium. Um, and, and, but the people there seemed to enjoy it. It was not, I don't know if you noticed it, but I, I, I know they were not ghouls. They were not deathmatch ghouls in the crowd. No. I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if it's if if it's just the scene over there, but the the wrestling fans that you see here, the deathmatch ghouls were not in that crowd. They were a regular crowd. There were a lot of people on that stage who looked like they had no idea what they were about to watch. Um, it was a very interesting uh, uh, people watching, so to speak, when they were doing stuff in the ring and 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 pulling out certain stops. So um, I don't know if you noticed it, but I sure did. It it just it wasn't your classic. De- you could call it deathmatch down under, but it was not like an ICW crowd or, you know, an H2O crowd. It, it looked very, very different. It looked very subdued, very um, regular, people-y, uh, less, less ghoulish than I would have thought. Okay, now, speaking of ICW, deathmatch yep. down under had two shows coming up the coming weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And the Sunday show is listed as ICW No Hold Barred Burke deathmatch down under in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. Yeah, the ICW was bringing the chains to uh to Australia. I knew that. Um, I'm I'm actually looking that up now. I've got the lineup right in front of me here. Yeah, I'm looking. I just wanted to see ICW site to see what they said. Um, yeah, because they, they, yeah, they're promoting something else. Oh, they're not promoting. Oh, here it is. Yep, the Australia show. They they got a whole bunch of dudes down there for that. Yeah, so the lineup I have listed for this show. Main event for the Deathmatch Down Under Tag Team Championship, Big Dude Energy, 
the champions, defending against Kellen Butcher and Akira. Okay, four-way match. Kakanoa Valentine against Schlack, against York, against Kellen Butcher. Kellen Butcher working twice. Mad Dog and Vickin against Kiki Kirk and Cruel. Mm-hmm. Danny DeManto against Joel Bateman, who I believe is the uh, Deathmatch champion in Deathmatch Down Under. Camby Crawford against Eric Ryan. And it's lifted at John Wayne Murdoch against Jork, but I know Murdoch injured, so I don't know if he's making the trip or not. That one's probably going to change. Yeah, ICW didn't do enough to promote this on on their site. Um, but I do see I do see Eric Ryan's going to be down there against uh, Damian Rivers. Okay, is that the fr- is that the is that the Saturday show then? Because I don't Saturday. have that for the Sunday. Okay. Yeah, the Saturday show, Rolling with the Punches, Deathmouth Down Under, Rolling with the Punches. Okay. Well, okay, well I, yeah, that lineup I gave you for the Sunday show. I don't have the Saturday lineup in front of me, but. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I say good for them. Um, you know, I think um, I think it, there is a there there's a very nice market for death matches. Um, I think there's a nice uh, niche for um um there's a nice niche for the wrestling that's in it too so good on them you know i think uh i i I was entertained if you want my thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle i'm gonna say it's middle arching towards up i wasn't overly entertained but it was fine so like if it was kind of like an orange cassidy thumbs up like like i'll give you that yeah i'm gonna agree with you on that it's got thumb in the middle leaning up if I were a deathmatch guy, yeah, I probably would have. I probably would have given the a, a, a thumb up. You think though? So? I don't think there was enough for for a deathmatch fan on this card. No, the the main event goes a long way in what my opinion of a show ends up being. Because if you have a mediocre show but a really good main event, I can still go thumb up because you send everybody home on a high note. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think if you're a deathmatch fan and you thought this was a thumb in the middle show, you probably enjoyed the main event enough to give that thumb up. Yeah, me not being a deathmatch guy, that leads me to kind of make it more toward the middle. Because well, the main event wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, and I'm glad it wasn't the eighth deathmatch on an eighth match, eight match card. Right. You take away all the you take away the value of a deathmatch if there's an entire card of it. Yes, that's true. But if you would, but if this would have been, if there would have been one deathmatch on the show and this was the only one, that might have helped me out a little bit. They have personal preference here. Yeah. And then that, that's kind of where I that's kind of where I end up falling on it. I'm okay with that. That's a pretty good explanation for it. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get some plugs and, and get out of here. You can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. Uh, you can actually catch me this coming Saturday, October 15th at Toyhio. I will oh, actually nice. Be- I forgot all about that. That's amazing. Yeah, I will actually be working at the Wildcard Game booth. So you want to coke me? They got they got a bunch of wrestling guests there poking for picture. Lock a guy, lock a guy with some great boot. A lot of great merchandise going to be there. I believe Smoke and Jake will be clinging the barbecue again. I I currently help coke. It's been a while. I've had some Smoke and Jake. I need to help rock out. Yeah, uh, I believe ten o'clock for the early bird. Eleven to four if you don't have the early bird. Oh, and I know I know home office is going to be there. I'm I know I know a bunch of our normal crew going to wind up being there for that. So, yep. All right, I, I want to say next week, um, we it looks like we're going to have a special guest, Ed from Pod Van Dam. We're going to be reviewing uh, Gleet. Of course we are. <laughs> Gleet Wrestling from Japan. Everyone, get ready, because we're bringing Ed. Hopefully, Marcy will join us next week. Um, oh, don't forget about the new Twitter handle, IWGuide1. 
We are no longer IWTV Guide. We are the Indie Wrestling Guide, IW, at IWGuide1. Um, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Please check out our merch store over at BringBusterTees.com. Don't forget to listen to our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, if you catch my grift. Uh, the A Show, at Odds with Wrestling, our very own Marcy's Show, XOR, and the card is going to change. How about our other friends, the official graphic designer of IW Guide, JCP Designs, PWPonderings.com, Time Capsule Toys, who will be this weekend at Toy Hio, Big Starks brand, set tab photos, Smoke and Chase Barbecue, who will be at this weekend, Toy Hio, the best barbecue in Ohio, and Kayfabe Collectibles, the new uh, uh, Florida office. He survived the hurricane. He will send you your products. Joey's awesome. Um, I will be, since we start releasing this on the shot on Shabbos, I am home on Fridays. I get to work remotely on Friday, so I will not be in the office that day. Um, thanks very much for everybody tonight. It was a fun show. I've been drinking tequila for three days straight because the Mets stink. Um, Jayhawk, the two of us, we can go, we can do anything together. Drinking heavily needs to be in the plan, but <laughs> yeah. at the as the late, great Bobby Heenan once said, the two things that scare me most about wrestling fans is that they're allowed to vote and allowed to reproduce. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. Right. Have a good week, everybody. Enjoy some independent wrestling. Peace out. And she said, Do you come from a land down under?